you go through Franschhoek, you know, if you think about it, you can stop at a brewery every couple of meters and do a bit of a brewery tour. But if you think about, you know, a, a Southern African brewery tour where you can go on holiday and drive between all these breweries um, and be able to travel through the bush and travel through such amazing places. It, it's another way of doing it and it takes you a bit longer, but it's something we definitely want to promote and try to get more people to drive out this way and, and come and see what we're doing uh, and see where we live and what is around us because it's, it's it's amazing to experience i often dream of doing an overland trip to botswana and maybe even back to zim and zambia and after talking to murray stevenson i think this trip should include a few brewery tours my name is holger meyer and this is beer world murray stevenson Welcome to the show. How's it, Holger? Thanks for having me. You're all the way in, in the Okavango, in Maun. Yeah, I'm currently sitting up in Maun, Botswana. So, before we get into that, where, where are you from originally? And where did you grow up? I grew up in Cape Town. I lived in Cape Town for, for most of my life. Um, and I've only been up, up here in Maun for just over a year and a half now. Mm. Okay. And how did you get into brewing? Um, it started by just having an interest in beer. And okay. myself and two other mates uh, decided to try home brewing just for fun to see what it was all about and how try to learn how beer was actually made. Um, and yeah, it just went, went well. We really enjoyed it and we got more and more into it. And just through that home brewing passion, it kind of led me into a career in brewing. Okay. And did you have a formal education? Um, once I got into brewing, um, I was I then started studying through the IBD. Okay. So I was working and studying at the same time, but yeah, not before I got into into brewing. Okay. And and talk talk us through a little bit about your career in brewing. You've been at some of the the top craft brewers in South Africa. How did you How did you end up at Woodstock? Um, well, yeah, so as I was saying, I started home brewing and was getting into it and then realized that it was something I, I could maybe do for a living. Mm. Um, I was kind of looking for a job at the moment. Um, I had a background in, in zoology. I, um, I studied zoology at UCT. Um, and most of the work at that time was taking me out of Cape Town, but I was looking to stay. Um, so then through brewing, I realized there were some similarities within the science world. Um, so I realized I kind of wanted to get into it. Um, and I think I was just lucky enough to, to have, to have a connection with Andre who had basically just started Woodstock Brewery at the time. Um, and I got in there and started working, started working as a brewer there when they had kind of, I think they had only done one or two brews by the time I, I joined. Okay. So it was still, still early days and I started in a very junior position. Uh, kind of learning, learning from the bottom and working my way up type of situation. Um, and then, yeah, I was, I mean, I was at Woodstock for, for about five years. Okay. Um, and I was there for, for quite a long time. Who else was working there as a brewer in that time? Um, it was uh, Dierwald Kursen, okay. who went on to CBC and gone over to Mauritius now, um, and Dylan France. Um, they were the, the uh, Dierwald was the head brewer when I started there, and then Dylan and I kind of worked together. As okay. A production 
yeah, I do remember the other two as well, yeah. Another guy, Carl, who was um, from from Holland, who was kind of the, I guess, the brewmaster who, who helped out at the time when I was there. Okay, okay. Yeah, we had some lovely, I mean, I've had some lovely times at Woodstock. Um, I can remember once meet, going there with a whole group of guys. We were on a hops tour with, with the SAB. So we went to George and ended up in visiting a few of the small brewers. And I think we also went to Woodstock. Um, but it's a, Yeah, I think I remember you guys coming through. I would have been around at that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So five years at Woodstock. I'm sure you learned a lot there. Hey, that's a. I mean, they make make wonderful beer there. Yeah, it was a it was a great um, learning learning curve coming from you know just a little bit of home brewing experience and then getting stuck into the real brewing world and studying at the same time. It was it was a lot a lot to learn and it was it was a good good place to to mm. learn that. Mm. And then it seems the inevitable happened all the small brewers train up these guys and then the big guys come and snatch you <laughs> or was yeah. it not like that no not, not exactly like that um i think after after five years i was looking for, for something different again okay um and yeah when i moved over to jack black started working at jack black for a while okay and and i guess that's completely different i've never been to the jack black brewery yeah, it's, it's a nice step up. You know, Woodstock very much hands-on, um, whereas Jack Black, a very modern, very sophisticated, big brewing brew house and brewing system. Um, so it's nice to learn both sides. It's nice to you know mm. be more hands-on, be more in touch with the ingredients and the, the the processes, and then go to somewhere like Jack Black where everything's really fancy. Uh, it's amazing equipment to work with. On a much bigger scale, um, it's, it's good to see both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That sounds cool. And were you also invo- involved in marketing at all during this time? Did you have to go and do events and stuff, or um, at Woodstock? Yeah, I did did a bit of everything. Okay. Um, we did quite a lot of events, um, uh, but at, at Jack Black, I was just more involved as a production brewer. Okay. Was it? Uh before the Heineken time or after the Heineken time? What, what is, how is uh, that it? was after. So Heineken had already invested in them and yeah, okay. Did, yeah. You, did, you, did you get any exposure to the Heineken people? Um, no, not, not so much. Okay. I was involved more, more in just the, the brewing. Okay, and, and from there? Um, so after uh, Jack Black, I uh, was kind of looking for something a little bit smaller again. Okay. Um, always very interested in the brew pub models um, and smaller scale stuff like that. Um, so I helped set up a, um, like a brew pub microbrewery in Constantia called Patiala. Um, and that was, yeah, I mean, it was a, an interesting project to be a part of and to set it up. Um, but we had our launch in February 2020. And then we all know what happened in, Perfect in March timing. of 2020. <laughs> yeah. It was a great time to be starting a brewery. Is that still going? <laughs> um, I believe it is, yes. Okay. Well, good for them. <laughs> yeah. But you didn't last long there then? <laughs> no, I mean, then we went into into lockdown. Yeah. Um, things got very quiet. And, uh, yeah, I mean, tough time to be starting a brewery, so... There wasn't too much going on there. It was, you know, obviously you have the questions of when things are going to lift and if 
if we will be able to carry on and, and carry on brewing. Um, so it was during that lockdown period that I then actually made another move. Um, and I started talking to the guys up here in, in Botswana. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I was also looking for something different at the time. Um, and yeah, ended up making that move during during the COVID COVID lockdown period, basically. Okay, because they yeah they must have also had uh, lockdowns in in Botswana. Yeah, it was very similar to what was going on okay. in South Africa. Um, I think Botswana often followed suit with what with what happened in South Africa. Yeah. Um, and I think in the end, I think we maybe had a little bit more alcohol bans than than might have happened down in South Africa. Um, yeah. So you working at Okavango Craft Brewery now in Maun. Um, when did that brewery open? Uh, also February 2020. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So again, not great timing for to open a brewery. Yeah. Um, but we we I mean our opening was we started in February 2020, but we only really got going in September of last year after all of the the ups and downs and, and opens and closes and, okay. and yeah. So it is and all pretty yeah. new. Yeah, it's also still very new. Yeah. Okay. So I've I've <laughs> done a wonderful series with which I called Sapphires Abroad and uh, I've spoken to guys in Sri Lanka, in in Hong Kong, uh, in the UK, wonderful stories. Um so it seems like, and especially for for beer people, but I mean for brewers, but also for salespeople. I mean, two guys in Hong Kong doing wonderful work selling selling beer in Hong Kong. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, you're not quite abroad, but you you out the country, and so so maybe give us a picture of what it's like living in a in a different country, so or on a different different African country. Um, yeah, making the move up to mound from from cape town was was quite a i guess quite a a, a difference i mean something I, I was looking for something different at the time um you know looking to get out of cape town and experience living in a new a new place completely um and i didn't quite expect it to be botswana but i'd always always had an interest in botswana i did a trip here when i was when i was quite young um i think that trip resulted in me actually going and studying zoology um being interested in kind of the natural environment so i was always always had a an uh like a want to come back to botswana um and spend some time in the bush um so when this opportunity kind of presented itself uh at first i was like nah, i don't imagine myself moving up to <laughs> moving out out into like a small town in the middle of the bush well not quite in the middle of the bush but um and I made the jump and got here, and it's it's, it's been a good a, a good change. Um, I mean, Mounds a, a very small town. They call it the dusty donkey town, mm-hmm. um, but it's you know it's kind of like the wild west out here. It's it's very different. It's it's a lot of fun. Everything's an adventure. Uh, it's a great experience. Um, starting a brewery in a town like this is is another story. <laughs> <laughs> But living in a town like this is is really cool. It's it's been a great okay. a great adventure so far. Okay, so it's a positive thing. Yeah, definitely. Okay, okay, and uh, all the all the equipment and stuff, do you get it from Cape Town or how how was that really there? 
Um, so I did join the company when they had already started. Yeah. Um, I they started in in February, and I only got here in in November of 2020. Mm. But they had worked closely with the Demotech guys to okay. buy, yeah, Demotech down in Cape Town to to buy all the equipment and get it up here. Mm. So everything had come through Cape Town. Yeah. Okay, and you, I mean, you know the Demotech setup, and you know the people there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, through my the previous jobs in Cape Town, I've been working with with Demotech, buying a lot of our raw materials from them and, and mm. everything like that. Okay. Um, maybe talk about the town. What, what? How big is the town? Or what? What facilities are there in Mound? I've never been there. Um, yeah, so Mound's it's a very small town. It's kind of looked at the gateway to the Okavango Delta, where we've got. I mean, they said it's one of the busiest airports in the world just because the amount of small planes that are flying in and out uh, carrying guests to all the the fancy lodges and and camps that that are in in the delta um so the town the town itself is it's small it's dusty um and yeah i mean it, there's a really good community of people that 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 live in mount most i mean everything is servicing basically the tourist industry um, and people getting out into the Delta. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the facilities that we have here, it's a lot, I think it's a lot bigger than it, than I thought it was going to be before I actually came up here. Um, I wasn't quite sure exactly what, what to expect, but you know, it's, in, it's got, it's got everything you need. Um, it's got a great community. There's, there's a lot to do in and around Mount. Um, including a nice brewery now. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's a, it's a great place. Mm. And uh, do you, do you get uh, any benefit of the, of the, those tourists? Um, yeah, quite a, quite a large portion of, of our business is based on tourism. Um, mainly the, the one is servicing the camps in the Delta. So getting our cans out into the camps. So a lot of the guys, you know, a lot of tourists will fly in, land at the airport and fly straight to the camps. So the only time they will really get to interact with our beer is, is in the camps. Mm. Um, but then there are a lot of self-drive tourists who come from, you know, other Southern African countries who will drive and will come and spend a night in Maun to stock up and refuel and everything. So we we do get a lot of those guys coming through to, to do brewery tours, to try mm. the beer buy some cans to take with them when they go into the bush mm. okay so there's a there's a nice spin-off so when you i mean obviously with your brand okavango that mound is the gateway to the okavango but how how long do you have to drive until you get some real action um from mound you know it's about a two-hour drive to okay. to Marimi, um if you, you know if you're self-driving up that way mm. um, you, you can drive you know, maybe about 45 minutes to an hour north and you hit the buffalo fence, which is the fence that kind of separates the, uh, maybe more the community from the actual mm. wildlife areas. Um, so it's, it's quite close. Okay. Now I see that you, you, you've been trying your luck at fishing. <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> I've had some success, more and more up in the north in the, in the Chobe, in the Chobe oh, okay. area. Uh, had some good fishing there. And um, I did another fishing trip, which, I mean, I don't really count myself as a fisherman. I just, you know, do it for fun and yeah. to, to have an activity to do with a beer in hand. Um, 
but it's, it was it was good fun. Yeah, I always say I'm not a fisherman. I fish along. So when my two brothers go fishing, I go along, and uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the the big barbel run and things like that is, is something yeah. that's on their radar definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the most amazing things about being here is that you're so close to those sort of natural phenomenons that I mm. just go up and spend a weekend up in the Okavango River, mainly watching the barbel run. But you know, it was the rod in the water at the time as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you tell us a little bit about the brewery? It's got the. Um... So you've got a tap room. What what are the facilities there for for visitors? Um, yeah, so we are, you know, brewery tap room. Uh, we're quite a small brewery. Our brew house is is five hundred liters. Okay. Uh, we've got four thousand liters fermentation capacity. Mm. So it is. It's it's a small brewery. Um, the idea when they started was to be a brew a brew pub. So we've got a, a restaurant and a tap room on on site. Um, it's quite a it's quite a big, you know, it's quite a substantial tap room, um, but a, like a full restaurant, quite a big menu that does pub food, pizzas, burgers, sides, all those sorts of things. Um, we've got 12 taps set up in our bar. Uh, it's quite a large bar area and we've got quite a big beer garden in front of us as well. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a big space that can, that can hold quite a few people. Um, and we, um, we, yeah, then we offer brewery tours. We've got a little tasting tray, which is actually shaped like like the local boats here that they used to okay. move around Delta and Macoral. Yeah. Um, so we've got our tasting Macoral of like our core range of, of four beers. Um, and then yeah, we've been doing a few events in the in the tap room as well. We're trying to get some some live music going in Mound. We brought some bands over from the from uh zimbabwe recently and did quite a big show which was it was good fun mm -hmm. um created quite a good atmosphere in the tap room and a bit of like an oasis in mount you know where you can come watch a show and sometimes feel like you're not in a a, a small town in the middle of, of africa mm. and i guess there's quite a bit big expat community because servicing the tourists yeah there is okay. um, yeah all, all based within tourism and and, yeah. and Lodges, yeah. And did you get to visit an opportunity to pop in at uh, the brewery in in Gabs? Or did um, you I haven't yet. You no. haven't been to Gabs. Okay, you flew in. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was joking with a guy in in Lusaka in Zambia that I'm going to do a trip to Gabs and then to Maon and Lusaka, but it's such a long drive, and uh, I need to visit three or four breweries. It would hardly make sense. <laughs> Oh, I mean, now, now there's these breweries popping up all over the place. So you would be able to do this two in Botswana. You could get over to Vic Falls and yeah. visit the river. Um, and there's have you been to there. that? Yeah, I have. Um, okay. We work together quite a lot. Uh, okay. We're relatively, uh, kind of close to each other. Um, we also share some, investor, uh, some investors. Um, so we try to work together and kind of share ideas. We want to do more collab brews between each other. Um, but that fest, that mini festival we held with breweries from, I mean, sorry, with bands from Zimbabwe was kind of facilitated through them, um, through the River Brewing Company. So they all came down for the event as well. So it's, yeah, it's quite a good working collab relationship between us. Which is and cool. how, how, far, how long is the drive to Vic Falls? Uh, it's about eight hours. Okay, so it's not, <laughs> not, not a yeah, day's I mean, drive. 
Even in terms of where we are, it's not too bad. Not too bad, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're celebrating their fifth uh, birthdays soon. So I'm very tempted, and I had a look at the flights from Joburg to Vic Falls, about 7,500 Rand. But with yeah. that, you could also really, I mean, if you, if you search hard, you could get a flight to Europe. Yeah, the, the flight price is down up and down to South Africa at the moment are yeah, are really expensive. Mm. You do kind of feel like you could get a <laughs> flight like that to, to Europe or something, but it's definitely worth it. I mean, to get up here and be able to travel, you know, in in the brewing industry, to be able to travel around a few breweries and be able to get into the bush. Yeah. So it's an amazing place. Well, that's definitely the plan is to, to get my my car fit, fitted out and, and do some overlanding to visit, yeah. visit breweries in, in the near future. Um, yeah, that that brewery. I mean, your tap room and everything sounds sounds amazing, and I'm sure it's a big, a positive addition to the to the community. The locals must love you. Yeah, yeah, we we they do. I can be quite a popular guy in town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and did you have a canning line from the beginning? Um, we bought a canning line at the same time that I joined the company. Okay. Um, we were, as I, as I mentioned, you know, the initial plan was to be a, a brewery in tap and kind of COVID messed, obviously messed everything up. So mm. then we were focusing more on distribution. Um, and we chose to go with cans because, because they're lightweight, mm. easy to travel, uh, easy to take in and out of the Delta as well. Um, you know, if you go on a trip, you don't want to come back with a whole bunch of empty bottles, but mm small tin cans that can be crushed it's, mm. it's easier to take them out of the bush yeah so we look at more benefits in using a can than then bottling up our product yeah um and just give us an idea of of the selling price of beer in botswana um i mean it would be very similar to to okay. south africa you know the the majority of your sab products or your namibian brewery products are all you know all, all very cheap uh, you know, you can you can get there's a lot of quartz drinking up here. Okay. You can get quartz, you know, from for like ten pula or like twelve rand. Mm. Um, so yeah, so there's a, a a big culture for the for, for drinking obviously SAB products. Mm. So what we I mean are introducing here is something so new to most of the people that have spent spent their lives up up in Botswana. Um, and yeah, I mean it's 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 a tough one to try and compare. What we're doing versus, you know, uh, your your SAB products. We're almost trying to show people it's a completely different product, um, and people are slowly catching on. I mean, it's the first time people would have really tested hops or, mm. you know, malt beers, and it's been an interesting road so far, and it's mm. it's going well. Have you come across any homebrewers there? Yeah, I have. Okay. Um, there's a couple of guys who are interested in homebrewing. Um, I try and supply them with some malt and, and hops where I can. Um, yeah, about one or two guys, but we're also quite interested in trying to maybe build up a homebrewing community and kind of get a homebrewing club going through the brewery to mm. teach people more about more about beer and how it's made and get them interested in trying different ingredients and recipes and styles. Yeah, because they become ambassadors. Um, yeah, I had a nice uh, nice chat with a guy from Richmond Hill Brewing Company in in. Or PE, and I mean that is really the community or the center of of the homebrewing community in in 
PE and it's really, really helped his business, I think. Nice. Yeah, I know Big Sip were doing something similar down in Gabs. Okay. Um, I've heard, yeah, I heard good feedback about it. Yeah. When we when we were looking for, for brewers up here, quite a few people applied from Gabs and said that they had done some home brewing mm. um, and they yeah, really enjoyed it. And that's why they were interested in getting more into brewing. Yeah. Okay. Um, tell us about the beers and the beer styles that you that you make. Um, so we've got a core range of about five of five beers at the moment. Um, we do a lager. We've got a, a session IPA, uh, an English style pale ale, American amber, and an Irish stout. Um, yeah, and I mean all of our beers contain um, a percentage of millet. Mm. Um, because the whole whole idea of our of this this project was to try and brew with with local sustainable grains uh, that we are getting from from farmers up in the Panhandle mm. uh, who are essentially elephant aware um, farmers. I mean that's why we, that's where this whole brewery comes from. Um, explain so, the explain what the Panhandle is and um, what elephant aware means. Um, well, yeah, I mean, maybe I should explain where, why, where the brewery comes from and, and why we started. Mm. Um, because, I mean, the, the whole idea of the brewery came around in about, uh, it was about 2017 when they, um, when our directors were, they were kind of looking for a market for millet because they've been working up in the Panhandle region, which is the, the Okavango River that flows into the Delta down from Angola. And if you kind of look at it on a map, it looks a bit like a pan, and the river flowing into the delta is that the, the handle of that pan. Uh, okay. And they um, they've got an NGO called Ecoexist who work all along the eastern side of that Panhandle River, um, working with um, working with the farmers and trying to support the farmers and the communities who live alongside wildlife. Um, and there's a lot of elephants in that area. And they're all farming along the, that riverbank, um, and they come into contact with elephants a lot, and it leads to a bit of conflict, uh, as the elephants, you know, will sometimes crop raid. Mm. So, um, yeah, so they were working with those communities, and they essentially created elephant-aware farming by giving the, the farmers the tools they need to to protect their fields, and also to be able to increase increase their yields. Okay. And one of the main um, things that they grow up in the panhandle is is millet um, because it's a, it's a it's a grain that grows in in very arid environments um, and that area is an area of very unpredictable rainfall um, so a lot of millet is grown up there um, so so what uh, two of our directors Anna and Graham who work who started ecoexist uh, they realized that they can if they can create a market for the, the millet that the guys are growing, we would be able to buy the excess millet at a at a better price, um, essentially re rewarding the farmers for their, their efforts to farm in elephant-friendly ways. So we as a brewery are, are buying buying the millet, the excess millet, uh, malting it and using it in, in all of our beers at the moment. Uh, we are using it only as an adjunct, um, but we... We're working towards you know a range of 100% millet beers, so we'll have a range of kind of you know a few that use a little bit of millet, 
up maybe like a few beers that are made with 100 percent 100 percent grain okay so and and supporting the locals that's that's an awesome story hey and i suppose that's the whole reason you exist then <laughs> yeah no okay. exactly that's that's okay. why this brewery was started how close are you to to the retail business in in Maun? do you supply some of the stores there or is it mainly the the tour the 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 lodges um it's we don't we, we aren't in too many of the kind of retail stores um there are a few smaller stores that that we are in in, in around kind of northern botswana um and then it's restaurants a few restaurants and then mainly yeah the camps and lodges okay. um we're still doing the majority of our volume through through our tap room um and then we send cans up into the lodges in the delta uh there's a few there's a, a few places in Kasani as well, up in the north, kind of on the border by Vic Falls that we supply. And there's quite a, a good amount of tourism that goes through Kasani, kind of getting into the Chobe region or moving through to Vic Falls. Mm. So we move, we move some good, good volume of beer up there to the, the tourists that are coming through. Um, and then around town, we've, we're, we're in a few of the, the restaurants, a few of the, the lodges. Mm. Yeah. How does this stuff get to Kusani? Is it? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Because if at I look moment, on the map, there's no road to Kusani. <laughs> uh, not if you go direct to Kusani, you can drive through the park. But we, at the moment, we're kind of hustling for okay. transport because we obviously don't want the beers sitting on the road warm because yeah. it can get very hot here. So. We were partnering with another local company that has cold trucks that move around Botswana. Oh, okay. And we can use them every now and again. Otherwise, we're kind of hustling for a spot in somebody's car or I'll take a drive up and spend a weekend in Kasani. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's about a seven-hour drive yeah. from Mount to Kasani. Yeah, okay. It's a little bit like Namibia where my cousin was farming and, and the post office was four hours away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Mary, it, it, it's been awesome chatting to you and it, it really sounds like a bucket list place to visit. So I'm very excited and I hope that uh, some of our listeners, you know, definitely pop in if they are in, in northern Botswana, but uh, even make a plan to to pack their bags and go on a safari. No, definitely. I mean, it's it's kind of a different way of looking at it. You know, if you you travel if you go through france you know if you think about it you can stop at a brewery every couple of meters and do a bit of a brewery tour yeah but if you think about you know a, a southern african brewery tour where you can go on holiday and drive between all these breweries um and be able to travel through the bush and travel through such amazing places it, it's another way of doing it and it takes you a bit longer but it's something we definitely want to promote and try get more people to drive out this way and and come and see what we're doing uh, and see where we live and what is around us because yeah. it's, it's something that's amazing to experience yeah so let's just let's just uh name the breweries in in surrounding africa south africa there's definitely the big sip and gabs and then you and Maun, big falls yeah. there's the river brewery and then in lusaka there's two craft breweries um yeah i think it's rebel and wild dog, wild dog. yeah and then in namibia you Got uh, Swakopmund. Yeah. And got the roof of Africa. 
Okay, and then in, on the other side, there's there's definitely one in Swaziland as well, unless COVID swallowed it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I do. I do. There's a list of of these breweries somewhere. Mm. Should pull that up and I'll send it to you. Yeah. You can start planning your road trip. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and uh, there might also be a book of not only South African breweries. I think it should it should include a couple of uh, trips to neighbouring countries. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Murray, thank you very much for taking time off your. Of, of work and, and chatting to us and thanks for reaching out to, to do this podcast thank you for listening to our stories here online in the show notes you will also find a link where you can subscribe to become part of our community and be notified when we upload our latest content